want to tell us? What do you want to instruct us today, Lord God? This shall we do. Father, our life is in your hand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Ladies, how would you like it if the man uh, that you love so much only sent you money and never showed up? Well, some of you would say, you know, uh, that would be a good thing, but hopefully you would say uh, that would be a horrible thing. All right, I think I got it right now. All right. So ladies, hopefully you would say that's a horrible thing. How would you like a gentleman if the woman who says that she loves you, uh, that she never has any time for you? I know you would say there's a problem there. You see, there's something strange about a relationship where you never have a chance to experience uh, the presence of that person that you say you love so much. The question for you this morning is, well, what kind of relationship do you have with God? Is it the type of relationship where he says that he loves you, but then he never shows up? Or is it the type of relationship with the Lord where God, he sends you flowers, but you've never, ever heard his voice? Do you have a need for the presence of the Lord? Or do you think that this is something you only read about in biblical history? In other words, uh, you've heard about people saying, oh, I heard from the Lord this, or I heard from the Lord that. Uh, but you think, ah, oh, that's just all in their mind, and the stuff that we read in the Bible, that's from a long, long time ago. Well, today's message is just about that. It's about our deep need for the presence of God, the presence of the Lord. Now, you may have never ever considered this idea because maybe number one it's never been taught to you or maybe you just thought that it was not even possible the fact that people say that you know the lord he speaks he speaks in the way that he speaks directly to me uh, well it is possible so today we want to hear from the word of the lord and we want to know about his presence and him being near us. So turn with me to Exodus chapter 33. Exodus chapter 33, verse 15. And here we discover that the presence of the Lord is essential and not optional. God's presence is essential, foundational, and not optional. 
And he said to him, this is Moses speaking to the Lord, If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here, says Moses. So Moses, he shared his heart with the Lord by telling him that if he does not go with him, uh, he does not want to move forward. What gall, what boldness, what courage uh, can a person possibly have to tell God, God tells you to do something. You said, well, Lord, if you don't go with me, I don't want to go. I ain't going. This is a striking statement from a man who was called by God to lead Israel out of slavery. I mean, who tells God? Uh, thanks, but no thank you. People who are in submission to the Lord, and Moses certainly was, are supposed to do what he commands. Aren't you? When you hear God tell you to do something, that you're supposed to do it and not have any, any back talk, right? You remember what used to happen when you were a kid and you try to back talk your parents, your parents try to uh, tell you something and you wouldn't do it? You remember what used to happen in the old days before there was DCFS? Remember that? <laughs> Y'all remember that, don't you? And then you try to be smart enough, right, to, after your, 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 your mom and your dad, you know, did their little flick of a hand on you, so I, I'm going to tell the police on you, right? Yeah, that, that would go really far, right? However, in this case, Moses, he retorted when the Lord uh, said he would send Israel into the promised land. He says, uh, God told him that, look, I'm not going to go with you. What kind of sense does this make? This was the Lord. This was Yahweh who heard their cry and then decided that he was going to deliver them out of slavery. That God would deliver them from slavery. Now he says, I am going to allow you to go into the promised land, but I'm not going to go with you. What kind of sense does that make? Why wouldn't the Lord go with them? And we already know that they had already previously cried out uh, that they were in slavery, right? Uh, Exodus chapter 3, come on. Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 and 8. Then the Lord said, I have surely seen the affliction of my people who are in Egypt and have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. I know their sufferings. And I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land. Right? So God told them, he says, I've heard your cry. Now I am going to come down myself and I'm going to deliver you and I'm going to bring you up out of slavery. But now God didn't want to go with them. God didn't want his presence to be with his own people. What kind of sense does that make? But why is that? Because God didn't have their heart. Does God have your heart? 
God did not have their hearts. You see, when Moses, here in Exodus chapter 32, look at verse 1, when Moses was on Mount Sinai talking with the Lord, do you remember what happened when he was up there? That the people, they made a golden calf with the hopes that that idol would protect them in the wilderness. You see, while Moses went up on Mount Sinai to intercede on behalf of the people and to hear from Yahweh, uh, since Moses was taking so long, uh, they decided that, you know what, Moses is taking a long time. Maybe he up there dead somewhere in the mountain. And maybe he, he don't have his act together. So we need to get our own God. That God that he's talking about, Yahweh, up on that mountain, we ain't even trying to hear that. Therefore, let's get all our money together. Let's take all of our necklaces and all, our, all of our junk and let's melt it all together and let's make our own God with our own hands. You know God doesn't like that, right? You know that Jesus does not like when you decide to go and, and, and worship Buddha. You know Jesus does not like that you say that you're going to meditate and you leave Jesus out of the equation. You know God doesn't like that, right? You know uh, God doesn't like it when you say that all religions are the same. You know, Christianity is the same as Islam, is the same as Buddhism, is the same as all. You know God doesn't like that, right? Because what you're saying is that all the other gods are on equal plane with Jesus. So what you're doing by worshiping these other gods or denigrating the God that you know is the God of all heaven and earth, what you're doing is that saying that you're really not as big and bad as you said that you are. God does not like that. God does not like that. You see, because God is holy, because God is holy and he is righteous, he would not be able to bear with such an obstinate and stubborn people, or else he would destroy them before they made it to their destination. You know, sometimes we're living our life, and sometimes life just breaks down on us, and we wonder why is all this happening to us. Have you ever wondered that maybe, just maybe, maybe you have left the Lord? Maybe you're not walking with the Lord as closely as you think that you are? This should give all of us pause. Because we must understand what it really means to be holy. Because remember the passage says there in Peter, uh, Peter says, as well as the Old Testament, God says that we must be holy as what? As he is holy. Be holy as God is holy. You see, when you're not, when we are not walking in holiness, again, God does not like it. Had it not been for Christ, know that the Lord could have destroyed us all a long time ago, me included. Uh, maybe I need to say that one more again. Right? If it had not been for Jesus... Do you know that God could have destroyed us a long time ago? 
So if you think that you are all of that, you need to get up off your high horse and worship the Lord and say, Lord, I am but a man, I am but a woman, I am but a child, but I am a sinner and I repent and confess my sins before you today. See, you better know who you are. You better know that your holiness and that your righteousness has been imputed or has been given to you through Jesus Christ and his sacrifice. Yeah, okay, well, you may be saved by grace, and you may have your eternity secure, amen, thank you, Jesus, but you better know that God is still holy. Had it not been for him, we, he could have wiped us off. So as we live our faith journey in Jesus, understand, we still, we must consistently walk in obedience to God. Now, uh, turn with me to Exodus 33, verses 2 and 3. Exodus 33, verses 2 and 3. It says, I will send an angel before you, and I will drive out the Canaanites, the Amorites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Hivites and the Jebusites and all the other ites added in there. Verse 3. Go up to a land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go up among you lest I consume you on, in other words, lest I destroy you, lest I consume you on the way why? Here it is. For why? Uh, for you are a stiff-necked people. In other words, look here, Israel believers. Look here. I keep telling you, don't do this, don't do that. But every time I tell you not to do it, you decide that you're going to do what? Well, I'm going to do it anyway. Right? Uh, look, I, I I don't want you to be in relationship with the Canaanites because they're going to mess you up before you had a chance to mature in your faith. Well, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hook up with him anyway. Right? We know that sin, uh, that it breeds sin. You see? So everything that God told them not to do, they decided that they would do anyway. You ever had any kids like that? Any kids like that, you told them, look here now. You try to tell them, explain to them, if you, if you do this, you're going to end up in trouble. If you don't do your homework, you're going to get an F, right? Uh, you, you tell the little kids, keep your hand off of the stove because if you touch the fire, what's going to happen? You're going to get burned. But yet every time they walk past, they do what? I remember a, a story that my mother used to tell about, uh, I think it was about my son David when he was a, a, a wee tot, right? And uh, she used to say that, you know, every time, every time David, he comes over, you know, he looks at the outlet, right? He looks at the outlet. She said he would look at the outlet, and then he would walk past, and then he would look up, and then he would go past. And then he would go past the outlet, he would just look at the outlet, and then walk past, and then go ahead. She says, I believe I keep telling that boy to leave that outlet alone, but I believe one day he's going to try to stick something in there. And lo and behold, one day when she, he happened to be over there, 
and she had turned her head. He was walking past. He stopped. He looked. And whatever, I can't remember what he had in his hand. And she says that he began to go to the outlet, right? There's, there's something attractive. There's something electrical about sin. Sin, uh, we don't know as good as it looks to us. We don't know that as soon as we stick our finger into the realm of sin, sin uh, that it can become shocking uh, that sin can burn us up that it can destroy our relationship with God and it can destroy our relationship with people so here in Exodus 33 verses 2 and 3 God says that I'm going to allow you to go into the land of Canaan uh, the, the land of promise and you will have my protection, but you will not have my presence. Hmm, wait a minute. God said that you will have my protection, but you ain't going to have my presence. Well, I hear some of you say, well, what's wrong with that? For some, it may not matter whether they have God's presence because they only view God only as a resource. See, you don't care about whether if God is literally there, you only care about if God continues to be your Santa Claus. That if I'm sick, oh Lord, I can call upon your name. Lord, that if I'm in the financial bind that I can call upon Jesus. Lord, that if I need a new car or if I need a woman, a, a new woman, an old woman, whatever you want to call it, or ladies, if you need a man, then I can call on Jesus. But other than that, as I live my life from day to day, do I even really care if God is there in the first place? If you only pray to ask the Lord to give you something, or to give you something for someone else, then you only treat God as a resource. But what difference would it make here if Israel had God's presence and not his, uh, had God's protection and not his presence? Right? Isn't it the journey that only matters anyway? Huh? Isn't you, you just want to make it in life, right, sometimes from point A to point B, right? I, I want to get my health together, right? I want to get my schooling together. I want to get my job together. I just want to make it from point A to point B. And Lord, if you're with me, uh, uh, Lord, if you provide uh, that transition, I'm going to worship you. And then we come to church for a period of time and we worship the Lord. And then after that, it's like, Everything's back to normal. You see, some of us would rather settle on that protection or even that peace just to take the journey. But once it's over with, that we really don't care. And Moses knew this. He understood this. Moses understood what was the most 
precious thing of all. In fact, even the people, they knew too. Exodus 33, verse 4. They knew that there would be a problem if God didn't go with them. Exodus 33, verse 4. says here, When the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned, and no one put on his ornaments. So they heard the word from God, and we've already read that there in verse 3 in Exodus 33. He says, I will not go up among you. And then verse 4, when the people heard this disastrous word, they mourned and no one put on their ornaments. That they were saddened because uh, the Lord would not go with them. Right? And this is a good thing that I'm not God, right? You see, if I was God, I would say, so you want me to go with you, huh? What about that shiny little calf man that you all were fashioning out of gold over there at the bottom of the Mount, Mount Sinai? Won't you take him with you, right? That'd be me, right? Won't you go ahead and do that? Y'all so big and bad, y'all saying you don't need God. Won't you take that thing with you and see if that thing will protect you, to see if that thing will be present with you? But praise the Lord, I'm not God. I am just Sinful man saved by grace through Jesus Christ, covered by the blood of the Lamb. But do you know that, again, that some people, <clears throat> that they can have the threat of God not, being, not having him in their presence, and it doesn't even bother them. Some people could care less whether or not if they hear from God. Some people could care less whether, whether or not if they know that God will be with them. They could care less. It doesn't matter. <laughs> there is ever a threat that the Lord would not be with you. You know what? Then you're going to have a big problem. If you know that the Lord's not going to be with you and you don't care, you have an even greater issue than you realize. Let's recall, right? Let's recall, remember when Adam and Eve were in the garden, right? They were in the presence of the Lord. Uh, did they, uh, remember that they, that they hid from God, right? Were they trying to play some kind of hide-and-go-seek game with God? Come on, Genesis chapter 3, verse 8. Genesis 3, verse 8. And I'm reading on. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from what? From the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Right? Imagine that. You know what? You know, you know, Eve, you know, we did this really terrible thing. Let's go hide from God behind trees. Why did they hide? Because their lifestyle was not pleasing to the Lord, and they knew it. What about your life? If God were to show up in here today, would you say, oh, I'm saved by the grace of God, I have nothing to hide, or would you, uh, you want to hide from God? Come on, you know what you think about. All of those things, God, he sees them, and you cannot hide from him. So when God showed up in the garden, they didn't want God to see them in their condition. But also remember Jonah? Remember Jonah in the well and how 
Jonah also tried to flee from the presence of the Lord. Here's a challenge for some of you. Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. Now, if you don't know where Jonah is, look in the table of contents, and it will show you where Jonah is. Jonah chapter 1, verse 3. Remember, God had called Jonah to go to minister to the Ninevites. So God said, Jonah, get up! time to go to church. It's time to take church to the Ninevites. So Jonah, he got up, and then this is what it says. But, well, we already know there's a problem when it starts off with but, right? God tells you to do something, and the next word that comes out of your mouth or out of our scripture is the word but. When we see but in this context, we know that there's a problem. Verse 3, but Jonah rose, here it is, to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare and went down into it to go with them to Tarshish, away from what? The presence of the Lord. Okay, we need to look at this verse, though. Look at this verse. Look at this verse carefully. Underline this. Joseph, uh, Jonah rose to do what? Underline this. What? To flee. Underline that. To Tarshish. And then it says what? Underline this. From the presence of the Lord. Underline it. And then underline this. He went down. In other words, in other words, uh, he, he went to Tarshish. It says here, uh, to run away from God. Right? To flee from the presence of the Lord. And then he says, he went down to Tarshish. In other words, he's trying to get away. He's trying to get away to Joppa and found a ship going to Tarshish. Going to Tarshish. Again, underline that. Listen to this, though. So he paid the fare. So look here. God called you to do something, and you are willing to spend your own money to get away from what God has called you. That's pretty smart, huh? God has called you to do something, and you are willing, you are so, people say hell-bent, right? You have so desired in your heart to run away from God to the point that you want to spend your own money to run. Huh, that's smart. Went down into it, right? To Tarshish, away from the presence of the Lord. For Jonah... Being in the presence of God was an act of obedience. Instead, Jonah, he went in the opposite direction. The place where he didn't want to go was the very place that God was. <laughs> that place that God was calling Jonah to was with the sinners. You realize that? That, that there in Nineveh, where God was calling him, 
that there were nothing but, but sinners, uh, people that did not like Jews. And, and Jonah was saying, these folks don't like Jews. They don't like this. They have been known to kill people. I wish I would go and do what God wants me to do there. But you see, listen to this. Sometimes going to the place where you don't want to go, that's the very place where God is. Sometimes going to the place that you don't want to go, that is the very place where God is. It is in that place that you find your heart burning for the Lord. I'm, all, I, I, I'm always mindful when I say things like this, right? I'm always, some of you know that I'm always mindful of Texas being in my mind. I'm like, Lord. You can call me anywhere, just don't let me go back down to Texas. Oh, Lord, God, I just, you know, Lord, you know, all right? But the, the very place that you don't want to be is the very place that God may call you. Jonah didn't hide from the Lord. He didn't hide from the Lord like Adam and Eve. Uh, you know, the, the Lord said, Adam, where art thou? He, he didn't hide from God. He just said, God spoke, and then he did what? ignored him and did his own thing. When was the last time you ignored God? When was the last time you came here on a Sunday and you knew that you knew that you knew that God was speaking to you and you did a Jonah thing? Well, you didn't tell God, well, look, I ain't going to do that because you ain't that foolish. Amen? Amen. But instead, you just said, well, I'm just not, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to talk to that person or I'm not going to engage. I know, God, I feel like you're calling me to engage with your people, but I'm just going to ignore all of that. I really get a sense that, that God has called me to encourage someone in the church, but I'm too afraid. So I'm not going to say no. I'm just going to turn the other way and go on about my lonesome. So Jonah foolishly ignored the fact that God could be anywhere at any time and went the opposite direction. Psalm 139, verse 7. Where shall I go or escape from your spirit? Oh, where shall I flee from your presence? You think that you're running from God? You better stop running. I had a, uh, uh, one time I was down in Arizona, I had a uh, deacon of the church. We were sharing, you know, how God called us uh, to ministry. And, uh, and I was telling him that I was really just, you know, completely oblivious. I was not trying to hear what God was saying. And then he told me this. He says, you know what? You know what, Pastor Spencer? He says, God, he loves runners. I'm like, what do you mean? Well, what do you mean God loves runners? I said, God, he loves those people who got a little fight in them. Because the more fight that you have, the more he's going to come after you. And the more you're going to find yourself uh, uh, whimpering before his presence. So you think you're running from God? You keep going. As, uh, I, I forget the preacher who, who, who wrote this. But he says that the hound of heaven will come after you. The hound of heaven, he will, he will pursue you. But brothers and sisters, there's something seriously wrong when we don't want to be where God is. There's something wrong with us. 
There's some things we want to do or some things we don't want the Lord to see. That's the bottom line. Not wanting the Lord's presence is not wanting him and not desiring him. Can you imagine that the God, again, of the universe, the God of all creation, him wanting you? He made us with the express desire. God made you and I with a hole in our hearts. Do you know that? God made us perfect, but he made us with a hole in our heart. And that hole in our heart can only be filled by him. So when someone says, I could care less about Jesus, you know there's something wrong regardless of how happy they may appear. It is that mind that needs to be transformed. Uh, so, uh, the children of Israel knew they had a problem on their hand, and Moses helped them to verbalize it. And for us, again, Exodus thirty-three fifteen: If your presence will not go with me, do not bring us up from here. So, well, what are the advantages of being in the presence of the Lord? Is, is there an advantage? But one advantage for being in the presence of, of, of God is that we're able to grow in his presence. We're able to grow in his presence. 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 21. 1 Samuel 2, verse 21. Indeed, the Lord visited Hannah, and she conceived and bore three sons and two daughters. And the boy Samuel grew in the presence of the Lord. So did he grow, did Samuel grow spiritually or physically in the presence of the Lord? Well, he grew both because he was a little taught again when he was uh, uh, called to serve God. And this is easily relatable to us because many of us, <clears throat> some of us anyway, uh, that you may have grown up in the church. You've grown up knowing about the things of God. Uh, so you grow physically, and, and many of you, and again, maybe not all, uh, you, you grow spiritually in the Lord. The church is the place where we can find God, and the place where his people congregate. You are able to grow in the house of the Lord, and this is without question. It is... God's desire that you grow in your faith and in your knowledge of him. And the more that you are around God's people, the more you sense the power of his presence and the power of his spirit opening up your hearts. But here's the second one. Advantage of being in his presence is that we can hear from him as well. You can also hear from God. And this should be an easy one for us. But nevertheless, let's walk through some scripture. 1 Samuel chapter 3. 1 Samuel chapter 3 beginning in verse 4. We're going to read a nice little chunk here. Verse 4. Then the Lord called Samuel, and he said, Here I am. So God called Samuel, when he was a little boy, in the house of the Lord, and Samuel said, Here I am. So here it is. God called Samuel. Samuel said, Here I am. And then verse 5. What? And ran to Eli and said, Here I am. For you called me. But he said, I did not call you. Boy, go lay down somewhere. So he went and lay down. Verse 6. And the Lord called again, Samuel. And Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, 
here I am, for you called me. But he said, this is Eli, he said, I did not call you, boy, my son. Lie down again. Verse 7, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord. And the word of the Lord had not been revealed to him. And the Lord called Samuel again the third time. And he arose and went to Eli and said, Look, why do you keep calling me when I'm asleep? He said, Here I am, for you called me. Then Eli, he perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. Verse 9, Therefore Eli said to Samuel, Go lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, Speak, Lord, for your servant hears. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood, a calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel said, Speak, for your servant hears. Do you know that God wants to speak to you? You know God wants to speak to you. Yes, you. You he wants to speak to. Now, I know this may seem a little strange to some of you, because you're saying, you're talking about God speaking. Uh, Pastor, aren't you really saying that if we're having hallucinations, if we're hearing things, you can say whatever you want to say, but the bottom line is it does not negate the fact that God wants to speak to you. I like to put it this way. We believe that God is alive. Amen? Do, do, do we believe God is alive? Okay. So, if God is alive, and God has a voice, and God has spoken from Genesis through Revelation to all types of people in all types of places, is it possible that God wants to speak to you as well? See, the question that we have is, but does God really speak to us in an audible voice? Does he really, like, say, hey there, hey you, uh, get up and go to Jewel and buy me a loaf of bread, right? So that you can have uh, a dinner with me, right? Uh, does, does God say, hey you, it's time to go to church? Well, I say sometimes. I say some. I remember uh, when uh, my wife and I we were living in our first home, and um, you know I was you know doing my thing, and by doing my thing, just working all the time, you know probably like seven days a week as a musician, just working, 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 working all the time, and uh, uh, and she says she was in uh, she says she was in the kitchen uh, one time, and she heard a voice, and that voice told her to get up and go to church. You remember that, right? Yeah, she has to share you the rest of, of the details if she desires to share that with you. But she says she heard a voice. That voice told her to get up and go to church. Huh. Well, it's not just, you know, uh, God speaking is not just for her. Some of you I've spoken to, and some of you have told me that you've heard uh, an audible voice from God, right? But it's not always the norm, and the reason that we don't get a chance to experience this on a regular basis because much of what God wants to tell us is right here. 
much of what God wants to tell us is right here. That if you pick up his word, he will tell you exactly what you need to know. But the problem is that we don't hear what God says because we keep our Bibles like this. We keep them shut. So by keeping your Bible shut, you keep God's mouth shut. I'll say it one more time. Every day that you keep your Bible shut, you keep the voice of the Lord speaking to you quiet. Hmm. Yet God, he still speaks. He's probably not telling us to speak to the children of Israel to get them straight or uh, I have a word for the church that they need to get their act together. Maybe, maybe not. But he's probably telling us to do things week after week about ourselves if we care to listen. You see, sometimes, uh, you, and you understand this especially if you're a parent, sometimes you can talk and talk and talk uh, to a person and eventually you get tired of saying things, don't you? You get, you know, sometimes it just wears you out. And then finally you may say, that's okay, you're going to learn one day, right? You know what I'm talking about? One day you, you are going to learn. See, what happens is eventually you keep on ignoring God and eventually say, okay, like you did children of Israel, go ahead with your bad self, right? Go ahead with your bad self. You're going to find out. So God is probably telling us things week after week. If we want to listen to him, he may be telling us we need to love our neighbors better. He may tell us we should not give up so easily on people. Right? When we ourselves have been yanked from the doors of hell. He may say to us, watch your mouth because you are not representing him well when you say things that are not holy and righteous. So then how do we hear? Well, God, he may even uh, we'll read his word and sometimes uh, there are some things that kind of jump off the page. At other times, God, that he may speak to you, right? Or you may be doing things in your life, then all of a sudden a stranger may come up to you and he may say things. And I've shared this story with some of you uh, many years ago. I remember one time when I was contemplating this idea about being in ministry and how it was the craziest thing I had, I had ever thought about in my life. I'm just, I just said, that's crazy, that's crazy, that's crazy. I was downtown, right? Downtown the city of Chicago. I was standing on the corner. I wasn't just hanging out on the corner, right? I was, I, I was teaching children music, right? And one of the kids from one of the other tents who happened to have a mental disability, a mental disability, I mean, just, they were, they were everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. This kid walked up to me and said, so when are you going to start preaching? And then went back into his thing. I'm like, wait, 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 wait a minute, wait a minute. And they're like, what? And they're like, they were, they were, they were out. I mean, they were, they were out. They were, out. and I'm like, now that was crazy, right? And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, and I'm going through this whole thing. So sometimes God, He uses other people when you're pondering things to speak into your life, if you care to listen. 
Other times it is, you know, you're just living your life and all of a sudden uh, something pops into your brain about something. It just, you know, you're just, you're, you're minding your business and all of a sudden it just, it's like, poof, right? There it is. You weren't thinking about it. You weren't worried about it. All of a sudden you have this thought that you say, that's, that's it's kind of crazy, right? Why, why would I be thinking that? And then you know how it is. Sometimes you'll say, where did that come from? Well, here it is. When those things begin to pop in your mind, I want you to ask this. Lord, is that you? Ask that question. God, is that you? And if that is God, oftentimes what he will do is he'll bring it back to you in order to make sure that you understand that it is work. Now, now before we get off this now, right? we've got to get this straight. Now, God did not tell you to tell a lie. So if you find yourself in a situation, you say, you know, I don't know what else to do. Ooh, something just said lie. Uh, you know what, then? You know what? I'm going to go ahead and just tell a lie. Right? Or God is not telling you to cheat. God ain't said that. God is not telling you to steal. Right? Rob somebody. That is not God. Right? Or anything else of that magnitude or greater. God will not tell you to do anything that is contrary to his word. Because we already, we already know that God says here in Exodus chapter 20, Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not covet, right? We already know it says that. So those suggestions, if we don't quite know what to do with them, then we must run them through the filter of God's word. Almost done here. The presence of the Lord, it also opens our hearts to his word. Acts chapter 10, verse 33. Acts 10, 33. So I sent for you at once, and you have been kind enough to come. Now, therefore, we are all here in the presence of God to hear all that you have been commanded by the Lord. Bills with the Apostle Peter and those who are being converted. Right? And, and, and the story really goes on. At the end of the day, we need the presence of the Lord, else we would never be able to make it in this world. Frankly, honestly, I would not be able to lead this church if I did not stop and regularly ask what God wants. Some of you, some of you, you already know how I operate. You know, uh, the, the reason that we're here, in, literally in this building, the reason that we've done this, the reason that we've done that, it's all because I've stopped to ask God, What's going on? Where did that come from? Lord, is that you? Are you leading? I, I stop regularly, right? You, you can sit back and you can try to strategize and all that is good. You know, the mission and vision, all those things are good and we must be about all those things. We must do all that God has called us. Uh, do the work of the evangelist. Do the work. We must do that. That is God's plain, revealed word that we see in his word. But we all must stop to take the time. Lord, what do you want?
And it only happens if God is present with us. We must be like Moses who was honest with the Lord by saying we can't move forward if God doesn't go with us. You see, for us, his protection is not enough. We need his blessings. We just don't want the Lord to send his angels and the blessings without his presence. We don't want God just to be a Santa Claus, drop off his presence, and go back to the North Pole until next year. We need the Lord. Together we must be adamant about having the presence of God, else we end up like Jonah, Adam and Eve, and even Cain, who was driven away from God's presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for your presence with us today. Our desire is to walk in obedience. If it is your desire to walk in obedience to the Lord, would you stand if you're able before the Lord? Just stand. If you want to walk in obedience and you